Welcome to the I Lead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to developing you into the leader that can lead in any room. Your host and guide is Dr. G. Vincent Dudley Sr. Dr. Dudley is a leader of leaders. He has his Ph.D. in organizational leadership. He earned his Doctor of Ministry with a focus on entrepreneurship and church planting. He is a John Maxwell Associate Trainer and an Adjunct Professor for Strategic Leadership at North Central University. Dr. Dudley retired from the Air Force as a lieutenant colonel. He has started several businesses, but his greatest achievement is that of founding senior pastor of New Life, one of the fastest-growing churches in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Let's join Dr. Dudley and co-host Jeffrey II for another instructional, inspirational, and informative session. This morning, I want to deal with how to make a tough decision. How to make a tough decision. Yesterday, I talked about being stuck in the middle. Being stuck in the middle. Many times, we're stuck and can't make a decision. This morning, I want to expand that thinking. And I want us to turn to 1 Kings 18.21. 1 Kings 18.21. It's the text to talk and the takeaway. As you're turning to 1 Kings 18.21, you already know when you get there what is going on. The context of the text is this. They're at Mount Carmel. Elijah has been called on the carpet uh, by Jezebel and Ahab, uh, the uh, wife of uh, the corrupt king Ahab. And, um, you know, Elijah says, you know what, let's show down at OK Corral. 12 noon, I'll meet you at Mount Carmel, and we're going to just make a decision as to which way we're going to go. So let's read 1 Kings 18.21. How long will you falter? How long will you go back and forward? How long will you be between two opinions? How long will you be indecisive? How long is it going to take you to make up your mind? How long? Have you ever been in that situation before? It seems like, oh my God, if I could push this decision off, I would. If I could just delay this, I would. But some things in life, require a decision. Some things in life just will not wait. They require a decision. So you need to know, how do you make a tough decision? I think Elijah gives us several lessons. I'm going to pick three. One is make sure your resolve outweighs your reservations. Jot that down. Make sure your resolve outweighs your reservation. Elijah came to the decision been three and a half years without any rain. There's not been any dew. There's been a famine in the land. People have died. The dust is everywhere. And now it is time to address this issue in which the whole famine and the drought that I prayed has now made everything bubbled up. Now is the time, he is saying. The resolve that I have to deal with Baal King Ahab and Jezebel is here and now. It was outweighed his reservations. So when you come to making a decision, at some point, your resolve must outweigh your reservations. What could happen? What should happen? What might happen? What it could should have? That cannot be the be all and end all of your decision making. The second thing is this, 
Make sure your desire outweighs your desperation. Make sure your desire outweighs your desperation. What is the desire of Elijah? The, Elijah's desire is that God would be glorified on this mount, that God will reign, that the people turn to God, that the people see God call fire on the altar. Whoever God has the fire, if you will, then that's who we are going to follow. And as a result of that, he says that my desire for God's to be glorified outweighs everything else. When you happen to make a tough decision, make sure it's about God being glorified, that God being glorified. Here's the third thing out of many things that uh, drives Elijah to decision-making. Make sure your compassion outweighs your complaints. Make sure your compassion outweighs your complaints. What am I saying here? Elijah was sick and tired of the attitude of the people. He was sick of it. He hated it. Remember, in 21, they don't even respond when he raises the issue. The scripture says, they said not a word. Now, if I'm a leader in this moment, I'm as hot as I can be. You don't have anything to say. But the fact is, is that his compassion outweighed their complaints. When you are making a tough decision, you have to understand that there are going to be some complaints about what you decide to do. Bottom line, but your compassion toward people has to outweigh their complaints and pushback that they're going to have. Folk are not going to like what you decide. Be compassionate, but make the decision. Be compassionate, but make a decision. What's your takeaway this morning? Your takeaway is this. Make a decision based on your future, not your fears. Make a decision based on your future and not your fears. The learning how to lead doesn't have to stop with this podcast. Learn how to lead in the church, your community, in all the pursuits that you have in your heart to reach your destiny. This podcast is just the beginning. Go to iLeadAcademy.net and keep the learning going. Now let's get back to the podcast. This morning is all about good decisions. It's all about good decisions. The text, the talk, and the takeaway. Here's the text. 2 Samuel 7 and 3. 2 Samuel 7 and 3. Then Nathan said to David, go, do all that your heart desires to do, for the Lord is with you. Nathan said to Daniel, go, do all that is in your heart to do, for the Lord is with you. In other words, David, it's time for you to make good decisions because God is with you. God is with you. So now make good decisions so that you can carry out all that is in your heart to do. What's going on in this text? In chapter six and in chapter seven, we find David 
is now bringing the Ark of the Covenant back. We all know that at his first try, he messed up because they was doing it the man's way. And someone touched the Ark, that person fell dead. David got upset and uh, took uh, the Ark and placed it in Abinadab's home and it blew up in terms of how blessed he was. Now David is saying, I'm bringing the Ark back to the house of God. And as a result of this, how do I now move forward? That's what's going on in the text. Now, there's three things that I want you to grab in terms of how David in this moment, when Nathan the prophet tells him, hey, everything is going well for you. Now you need to make good decisions because God is with you. The three things are this. The first thing is this. Good decisions put God in the center of it. Good decisions always put God in the center. Now, in chapter 6 of 2 Samuel, verses 3 through 5, you will find that now they bring the ark back. They bring the ark back and put it on a new cart. As a result of them now saying, God, you're going to be in the middle of me coming back into Jerusalem to take over. And in my inauguration, if you will, I'm placing you where you need to be in the center of everything. Went to Benedict, I said, I got it. And I'm, and I'm going to place the ark right here in the center and making good decisions. You have to make sure that God is in the center of that decision. Though you may have made a bad decision prior to that, and you learn from that. That's what David did. He learned from that because they touched the ark. You know, they fell dead. But now he says, I'm going to make a better decision because God is going to be in the center. I'm going to do it the way God wants it to be done. The second thing is good decisions listen to others. There is safety in a multitude of counsel. There's safety in a multitude of counsel. Now, in the seventh chapter, verses four through 11, David listened to Nathan. Nathan came to him and said, now that God is with you, and now that you have the ark in it, now that you've been inaugurated as the king and you're about to start out the Davidic kingdom, I need you to know something, David. Listen to what God wants to do. God wants you to build him a temple, but he doesn't want you to do it by yourself. It's going to be done for your children's sake. Now, the point I'm making is this, David, listen. David, listen. It wasn't about him, but it was about what God was trying to do through him. And David, listen, when you're trying to make good decisions, listen to a multitude of counsel. There is safety there. Listen to wise counsel. Anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask. And God said he'll give it to you freely without judging. The third thing is this. Good decisions affect the future. Good decisions affect the future. In the seventh chapter, second Samuel verses 12 and 13, you will find that now Nathan comes and continues the conversation with him and says to him, your seed is set up. Now you're building this temple, but this is for your seed that is set up for generations to come for generations to come. So when you're making good decisions, when you're trying to make decisions that are uh, that are tough and that are good decisions that are going to have impact, know this, that decision will have ramifications and ripples throughout generations long after you've left the earth. 
So good decisions will have impact generationally. They will have impact on your seed. Good decisions will have impact on your future, on your future. So in terms of making good decisions, what's your takeaway this morning? Your takeaway is this. Good decisions are godly decisions. Good decisions are godly decisions. God is always in the center. God is always pointing to the future. And God is always asking you to get confirmation that you will know that he's in the middle of the decision that you're about to make. When both ways are right, now what? The text, the talk, and the takeaway. Here's the text. 1 Corinthians 10.24. 1 Corinthians 10.24. You already know it well. Paul writing to the young church, three years old, in this metropolitan area um, that is very diverse. And he writes this very young church, and he says these words. All things are lawful for me but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, (laughs) both sides, both sides. What is Paul talking about? You already know the context. In this young church, there are believers and unbelievers, and there are people that are coming to the church, and there are people that come into Christ, and uh, the whole issue of eating meat or not, the whole issue of how do we manage this, So they asked Paul the question and Paul's response just really kind of speaks to many ways and many ways what we deal with more often than we like to really admit. When both ways, I can't find a biblical, it'd be easy if I found out that this way was not biblical. I'd know to go that way. What if in the moment that I'm in, biblically, both ways? Paul says, all things are lawful, but everything is not expedient. How do you make that decision? Number one, here's the talk. Prioritize God's people. Prioritize other people than yourself. When you have to make a decision like that, consider others. Consider how it's going to impact other people. That's what Paul says. Paul says, now, you know what? Whether to eat me or not, okay, at the end of the day, will you please take in consideration how that decision is going to impact people who are still struggling with that? So, likewise, when you get into a decision where either way, I cannot find whether scripture is going to dictate this way or the other, then go through your mind and ask the question, how many people is this really going to impact? maybe in a negative way. The second thing is this, pursue God's glory, pursue God's glory. Now here in Corinthians is where Paul uh, makes this famous uh, statement that we oftentimes quote, in everything, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Whatsoever you eat, whatsoever you drink, do it to the glory of God. This is the context in which he's talking about. He is saying, look, at the end of the day, whatever decision that you decide to make as to whether you eat meat or don't eat meat, whether you do this or don't do that, whether you go forward or don't, 
whether you go right or left in the situation that you find yourself in right now, then make sure whatever it is brings glory to God, brings glory to God. What will bring God the most glory in that decision? The third thing is this. Can you perceive God's purpose in that decision? In other words, in other words, if I do this, where is God's purpose going to be realized the most? Perhaps his purpose, as you discern it, could be realized in both. But where would his purpose be realized the most? Where will it be realized the most? This leads to the takeaway, the text, the talk, the takeaway. Talk, the takeaway is this. When both ways are right, choose what will build up the most and tear down the least. Choose what will build up the most and tear down the least. It is our hope that you have been inspired and informed to be the leader that you want to be. To ensure that you are able to lead in any room, go to iLeadAcademy.net and enroll today. Now. Let's return to our broadcast. Deciding who gets what. <laughs> Deciding who gets what. How do you decide who gets what? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, we're in this whole week talking about getting out of the middle of things, getting out of being stuck, getting out of those kinds of things. And uh, we just talked about uh, three things so far already. You know, I just want to do a real quick review and then we're going to get right into this morning's manner. When both ways are right, when both ways are right, the takeaway was this. When both ways are right, choose what will build up the most and tear down the least. That's what we said on this uh, past uh, Wednesday. And now Tuesday, we said this. We talked about how to make a good decision, how to make a good decision. Let me look at my notes here. And what do we say? Good decisions are godly decisions. Good decisions are godly decisions. And then on Monday, we started out and says how to make a tough decision. And we ended up saying, make a decision based on your future, not your fears. Let's jump into this morning. Deciding who gets what. Have you ever been in a situation in which you had to decide who gets what, who gets off, who has to work? Who gets what? Who gets these clothes as opposed to that clothes? Who make, how do you make, uh, pay this bill as opposed to that bill? Just who gets what? It's the text, the talk, and the takeaway. The text is Joshua 13 and 1. Joshua has to make some decisions about who gets the land. And here we have in 13 and 1, it says, there remains land to be distributed. Joshua, look, we crossed the Jordan. We've been here a minute. You need to decide. Six things I'm going to share with you. Six things very quickly that Joshua does in order to make a decision as to who gets what. First, evaluate. Evaluate. Joshua had to evaluate, get a clear picture of what was going on so that he could determine who gets what. Then the second thing is Joshua had to imitate. He had to imitate. What do I mean by that? He held up Caleb and said, look at Caleb. This is the guy you need to emulate. This is the guy, this is the example that you need to follow with respect to who gets what. 
The third thing is, is that he said, you got to communicate. Joshua pulled everybody together and says, this is what I'm going to do. The fourth thing is, is you have to exhort. Joshua said to them, now go get the land. Go get the land. You have to evaluate, imitate, communicate, exhort. And then the fifth thing you got to do is investigate. Joshua sent some folk out to check out exactly what needed to be done. When you have to make a decision as to who gets what, you got to exhort, you got to communicate, you got to imitate, you got to evaluate, you got to investigate, and then finally, you have to make a determination. You got to make a determination. Joshua said, look, when I look over the landscape in Joshua 13, 1, and says, these remain, this land still needs to be distributed. What you going to do with it, Joshua? You have to do this. This is the takeaway for this. Decisions are life distribution system. When you make a decision, you are actually in the process of distribution of life. Whatever the decision may be. So it may not be a situation in which you are trying to distribute this or that. But every time you make a decision, you are distributing bits and pieces of life. Consequences of decisions consequences of our decisions. It's the text, the talk, the takeaway. Here's the text, Leviticus 26 and 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then if you walk in my commandments, keep them and perform them, then conditional, conditional, because God is saying there are consequences going forward, children of Israel. There are consequences of what you do going forward, man of fam. And the decisions that you make, they're going to have consequences. There's going to be some ramifications. There's going to be some blowback. There's going to be some results, some outcomes as a result of the decisions that we make. Let's talk about three things. The first thing is this. You need to understand that leadership, like life, is the sum total of our decisions. Leadership, like life, is the sum total of our decisions. Consequently, consequently, you will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. You sow good decisions, you will reap good rewards. You sow bad decisions, you're going to reap bad rewards. Number two, the power of life and death is in the power of the tongue and you will eat the fruit of it. The words that come out of your mouth that determine the decision that you're going to make are actually seeds that are planted in the earth and in the atmosphere. What kind of fruit are they gonna produce? What's flying out of your mouth in the decisions that you make? The words actually are the lattice, they are the ladder, they are the framework in which determine your decisions. 
You can't make a decision without using words in some way or another. And you're gonna eat the fruit of those words as you use them in making decisions. The third thing is this, decisions take a minute and their consequences are a lifetime. Decisions take a minute, but their consequences can be a lifetime. You already know, you already know there's some things who you marry, lifetime. Where you go to school, lifetime. What house you buy, lifetime. What job you're on, lifetime. Who you're in relationship with, lifetime. You made that decision, it just took a minute. After you came to the conclusion, it took a minute. But you will live that thing out in your life. Now, what's your takeaway on this? Your takeaway is this. When you were born, you looked like your mama and daddy. You sure did. But when you die, you're going to look like your decisions. Oh, trust me when I tell you, when you were born, you looked like your mama and your daddy. But when you die, you're going to look like every decision you made. The Lord be with you. May his face shine upon you. Give you peace. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Sunday. Bye now. After listening to today's podcast, I'm sure you're ready to be a leader in any room. To learn more about how to become the leader you are called to be, enroll today in iLeadAcademy.net. Until next time, remember, with iLead, you can be the leader in any room.